This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Thursday, October 22nd. You are listening to the College Football Daily my name is Trey Scott. Today on the College Football Daily, we're going to chat with Hank South of Bama Online, Alabama recruiting expert for 24-7 Sports, about how Mac Jones ended up in Tuscaloosa a few years ago as part of Tua Tungovailoa's 2017 recruiting class and why Mac Jones decided to stick around all the way to the 2020 season without transferring and, and jumping ship to an easy opportunity when Bama kept bringing in its quarterback of the future. And now Mac Jones is lighting the world on fire. So we're going to get to that interview in probably 60 seconds, 90 seconds. Before then, though, two headlines to go through. Remember when LSU beat Clemson to win the national title in January, which feels like nine Januarys ago. But just this this past January, and Odell Beckham handed out cash, and LSU said, no, that was counterfeit monopoly money. And no, it was was real cash. And, And because of it, LSU has banned the star receiver, former LSU star receiver, current NFL star receiver, for two years now after the school's compliance office began and concluded an investigation and is part of a broader effort by LSU to self-impose a few penalties to avoid worse NCAA penalties uh, in the next few years or months in response to alleged rules violations. That's according to Sports Illustrated. In addition to the Odell Beckham ban for for two years from the LSU premises and the facilities, the Tigers are also voluntarily reducing their scholarship count by eight over the next two seasons. Substantial. uh, And and also docking itself some recruiting time. Of course, LSU basketball, if you pay attention to that, is already in the NCAA's crosshairs. LSU football. Uh, potentially as well with with a violations case uh, going through the NCAA's new, uh, what's it called, independent accountability resolution process. So independent accountability is the big word there. LSU is trying to be independently accountable. We'll see if eight eight scholarships in two years and no Odell in Baton Rouge is enough to keep the NCAA at bay. And then over in Austin, I told you all a few weeks ago to keep an eye on this Eyes of Texas drama, the school's alma mater song, and how players are not wanting to participate in it. And I know there's some Eyes of Texas fatigue out there, and it's gotten grossly political and dividing dividing, you know, Texas, the coaches and the players and administration and boosters and fans and everybody. But it's a big deal because the worse this gets, the worse it looks for Tom Herman and his boss, Chris Del Conte, the athletic director. And they got a pretty bad look on Wednesday when, when the Texas band has announced it won't even be participating. It won't be there on Saturday when the Longhorns play Baylor because of its own Eyes of Texas controversy within the band. There are enough band members who don't want to play the Eyes of Texas that the band cannot field the enough instruments to properly 
service the football team on Saturday. It's supposed to be just a one-game blip. We'll see. The Texas Longhorn players have been encouraged this week by Tom Herman to stand up for the eyes of Texas, which they listed months ago over the summer as something on their uh, We Will Not Do list unless we see change list because the the song um, has uh, purported racial undertones in its beginning, like the very beginning of of the song when it was conceived. Um, It's become just a a huge topic in Austin and something that Longhorn fans are uh, wielding to to try to to try to prove that you know Tom Herman's not the right guy and that this program his football team is not on the same page and now the band joins the fold so if any Texas players are going to participate in the eyes of Texas following Saturday's game against Baylor which is the customary school tradition they will be doing it to the tune of the um, the school's uh, s- sound system so keep an eye on that I- I'm telling you it- it's it's a big deal so anyway Hank South talking to Mac Jones let's go Hank. Uh, we're talking to Mac Jones today. You ready? I am. I'm always ready to talk Alabama recruiting. All right. So, like Mac Jones, I guess I guess I owe, owe him an apology because I spent the entire offseason thinking that Bryce Young would be the guy, and it, it's Mac, and maybe it gets to be Mac because there wasn't really spring practice and fall camp was weird, and Mac's experience won out, but. He's balling. He's he's number one in yards per attempt in the country. He's number two in yards per game. He's number two in completion percentage. I just think it's so cool that this guy is is into the Heisman mix with the likes of Trevor Lawrence as a former three-star recruit. Like Alabama has so much talent. They have 12 former five-stars on their roster. Mac's not one of them. They have 58 former four-stars. He's not one of them. He's just one of 13 former three-star prospects. And you covered him as a recruit. And not only is he this interesting prospect who always believed in himself, but he was part of a class that into, in, in, included Tua Tungavailoa, and he still decided to, to go to Alabama. So, Hank, walk us through the process of, of it's back in 2016. It, it's the summertime. Bama lost Jake Fromm. Bama gets Tua. And then they still recruited Mac Jones? Yeah, it, it surprised a lot of people, I think, back at the time. Um, because And it's interesting because so Jake Fromm flips to Georgia, and – Bama goes out, offers Tua, I think like five days later. Um, they start pressing for him. Tua takes a visit in April, commits in May. But in that period uh, of time, in that in April, uh, they offered Mac Jones, who was committed to Kentucky at the time. And of course, you know, message boards is like, oh, what does this mean for Tua? Because at that point, you know, Tua was trending to Alabama. I think he had already visited Alabama um, with his family out from Hawaii. And, uh, you know, people obviously take that as, Something's happened with Tua. Bama might not be getting him. Maybe he's going to USC. Who knows? But lo and behold, Tua commits to Alabama on May 2nd, um, and Bama didn't stop recruiting Mac Jones after that. Uh, I I think everyone kind of – I think a lot of media thought they probably would. It was just going to be a one-quarterback class. Um, But Bama kept kind of keeping their foot on the gas with Mac Jones. And then about a month later – and this – he was committed to Kentucky at this point in his recruitment – and about a month later, uh, Mac Jones goes out to Tuscaloosa to camp. Um, he gets, you know, he, he has the offer, but obviously, you know, with Alabama to get a committable offer, mo- in most cases, you have to work out in front of the staff. And he just put on a show at, at Alabama's camp in front of uh, then offensive coordinator Lane Kiffin and, and Nick Saban. And he kind of just got the go ahead, the green light. And, and he, he flipped to Alabama, I think, at that camp, if not, you know, the day after. 
Um, and, and kind of the rest is history as far as, you know, sticking in that class and that, you know, that was always the question to him because that was during pretty much during the summer of Tua, you know, we saw Tua light up elite 11, then he went up to the opening finals in Oregon, did the same thing there, won the MVP. And so everyone was talking about Tua, but Mac Jones um, was that second quarterback in the class. And I, th- I think he kind of liked it, to be honest, from, from talking to him at the time and throughout the remainder of that cycle. Yeah, I'm reading your quotes or the quotes Mac told you back in 2016. And it's, it's so funny to go back and read this. And uh, you bubbled it up last year when he stepped in for two after the injury. His quote to you, this was back when he committed. Uh, a lot of these kids want guaranteed playing time, but really I just needed the opportunity to compete. I've waited three years before I could start in high school. So I know if I have to wait, I'll be fine with it. Honestly, it would be better if I waited so I could learn the system and get used to it. I'm going in there as the second quarterback in the class and whatever happens, happens, unquote. That's just so poetic almost because then he mm-hmm. waits three years in college to be the guy too. Yeah. And, and that's kind of just speaks to his mentality with this whole thing. You know, he's never, you know, in this age of, of you know, if you're not starting as a freshman, you know, you're hitting the, tra- I mean, th- this was pre-transfer portal, obviously, but you know, it, it's such a, a thing now with, with uh, college athletes, especially, you know, higher profile guys um, that, you know, if they don't get a chance, you know, in their first year, if, if not the second, you know, they're going to start looking elsewhere, but you know, Mac Jones stuck with it. And, uh, and, and, you know, keep in mind, this is when we're talking the summer of 2016, this is before we even knew Jalen hurts. He we're talking about Jalen hurts is the, the, you know, fourth string quarterback right now behind Blake Barnett, Cooper Bateman and, uh, and David Cornwell before the, uh, before that USC game. So, you know, he, he's committing in a class with all those quarterbacks on the roster behind to, uh, um, so, you know, it, it just kind of speaks to his competitive, uh, mentality and kind of just how he carries himself. Yeah. I, wow. That's, that's so interesting. I forgot about like, there was that four quarterback battle and Jalen Hurts was like number four at one point and came up and balled against USC. So Mac Jones at one point was, if you're mapping out the program scholarship quarterbacks, like he was never any better than like your backup plan, right? Like, uh, like when he commits, he's. I mean, even when he commits in, in, in the summer of 2016, like, you know that once your quarterback battle's over, you're going to lose a few guys. You know, you lose Cornwell, you lose Bateman, you're probably going to lose Barnett if, if he doesn't win the job. But Mac Jones, even in that Tua class, like, th- this guy, Hank, do you think he at any point was ever just like, like the way I might be, where it's like, look, I'm going to go play football at Alabama. I'm going to I'm gonna hold a clipboard. Um, if I play, I play. Great. But... I kind of just want to go play football for Alabama and, and and not really worry about the depth chart. Am I wrong there? No, I mean, I, I, I guess maybe he's just like a person of faith. I don't know. Maybe he, like, he just thought that like he was going to have eventually get his shot, you know, especially, you know, if you, if you go with the mentality of, you know, I have five years of eligibility, um, you know, probably chances are I'm eventually going to get a shot to at least be in, in a very serious discussion as the starter. And he certainly did, of course, last year, unfortunately it was because of Tua going down with the injuries. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, he, I, th- I think a lot of these kids, you know, they want early playing time and, and Bama doesn't really sell that. And I, I think Mac Jones is just one of those people that just, I think he kind of feeds off that. I think he likes that competition. And like, it goes back to that quote at Bulls high school where he was in Jacksonville, which I believe is, you know, a pretty well-known powerhouse 
program in the state of Florida, you know, he waited three years to get his turn. And, and obviously that worked out well for him with all these offers um, and, and certainly ending up at Alabama. And, and so, you know, I, I think he, he just stuck with it. You know, he stuck with the process, Nick Saban's process, and, and it's really, it's really um, paying off for him at this point in 2020. Was Alabama ever in danger of losing Mac Jones to a flip? Cause they flipped him from Kentucky. He's part of a two QB class. And like, once you commit to Alabama, you kind of, rise a little bit in pedigree. I'm not talking about the recruiting rankings, but it's like, oh, like this kid's good enough to go to Alabama. Saban wanted him. Lane Kiffin wanted him. Like I, I might come after him now. Um, and and, and spe- I would imagine it's easy to get in his ear like, hey, look, two is a five-star. C- yeah. Come play with us. You were saying that Lane Kiffin, what a weird year, man. Like <laughs> this is also the year that Lane Kiffin gets fired from a job he already quit eight days before the national title game and like goes to FAU. But did Lane make a run at MAC too? Yeah, it was interesting. And, you know, I, and kind of back to that whole two quarterback class thing, I feel like this is, you know, maybe that it's kind of like the last era of time where, I mean, like how many two quarterback classes can you think of? I mean, as far as like higher tier guys, like Mac Jones was an elite 11 kid. It's not, I mean, he was a composite three-star, but you know, he had a, a pretty, uh, you know, a nice offer list. He had a lot of schools after him. He was, he was very highly respected on the recruiting circuit. Um, and, and it's just kind of hard. You don't really see that much anymore. Like USC right now has Miller Moss and Jake Garcia, but beyond that, like there's really not that many two quarterback classes anymore. Um, but you know, that's something other teams use to their, you know, to negative recruit. And certainly after that summer when Tua really blew up and then had a fantastic senior season and, and got his, uh, his fifth star, um, you know, schools were coming after him. I know, you know, Lane Kiffin gets that job at FAU. He offered Mac Jones immediately. I was looking back at one of my old stories um, when I was talking with with Mac uh, over DM, and he was he said Lane Kiffin said, uh, "Yeah, man, FAU has nicer weather. You should come down." Uh, and so you know he was already selling that that Florida appeal. But uh, you know FAU was in it. I mean, I don't think Mac Jones was ever considering FAU really to flip. But I do think he was talking. You know, I think he was he was interested in other schools. You know, Missouri. Offered him, I think, a little bit later. Oklahoma State came in in December of uh, 2016 to kind of make a last pitch at him. Um, but you know, he he was pretty set on Alabama, and he kind of had a funny enrollment. It was that it was that year where Bama had, I think, like 12 early enrollees in January, and this is all pre-early signing period. Um, and then they had uh, Mac and Brian Robinson, and I think one other guy came in in February. So he was kind of in that that January limbo period before signing day, where you know. Was he going to take some visits? Was he going to look elsewhere? But he stuck with it, and uh, and you know he looks like a genius for doing that now. So Tua, but Tua was kind of on. Was he on flip alert at all, Hank? It, I don't think so. You know, I, I think they were very set on Alabama. Um, you know, that was back. You know, it's like so crazy. It feels like s- such a long time ago with everything that's changed since. But Willie Taggart got the Oregon job. Huh. Um, I know we were at the the All American Bowl. And, and remember, this is, this is early signing, pre-early signing period. So like all you know about guys as far as, uh, you know, are they set with that school is, are they going to go enroll there right after they get done with the All-American Bowl a, a few days later? They hadn't signed anything. You know, that was the uh-huh. same time as Najee Watch and, uh, and all that stuff. But um, I, I think, you know, I think he talked, he liked Oregon. That was always a school, obviously with the Marcus Mariota connection. USC was obviously one of his favorites. Um, but I, I think he was pretty set on Bama. I think LSU made a run it to it as well in, in December of 2016, but he, he was pretty firm. The, the big flip candidate that cycle was uh, obviously was Najee Harris. The college football daily will be right back. On May 23rd. 
I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. Visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. You've had you've had a, quite the ride on the Alabama recruiting beat as far as quarterbacks go. That whole 2017 class, like it's been so well documented, the dominoes of, of Jake Fromm, and then you go get Tua, you flip Mac Jones, whatever. Like what what came after that? 2018 was was that the, the year Bama pretty much struck out? Hank, like they Brock Purdy maybe late, or like did they try to go after somebody else? And they ended up with Lane Hatcher, who's now at at Arkansas State. Was that that was 2018, right? Yeah, that was 2018. So you're coming off the year you have Tua and Mac. Um, so obviously, you know, the goal of signing at least, you know, one quarterback, Nick Saban says, you know, he, he wants to sign a quarterback in every class, at least one quarterback. Um, and, and 2018 was a really weird year. You know, there was um I, I'm trying to think of all the names that were involved, but like Emory yeah, Jones, maybe. Yeah, or? Emory Jones was in the mix. He was trending to Alabama at one time. Um, you know, I, th- I think he was committed to Ohio State as well yep. before he ended up at Florida. Um, his name is escaping me, but he was committed to uh, to Utah from California. I can't even think of his Jack name Tuttle? right now. Jack Tuttle. He was in the mix. Um, and then, yeah, obviously that kind of that January period where um, they made a run at Brock Purdy, um, the Princeton quarterback um, commit, who I think right. stuck with Princeton. I think his name was like Braden White or something. Um, but then a few weeks later after signing day, nobody signs with Alabama at quarterback. Uh, they just casually land a commitment from Gardner Minshew, who who knows he's coming in to be the backup to Jalen Hurts uh, and, and Tua. This is obviously this is post you know second and twenty six. So that quarterback battle was about to ensue throughout the spring and summer. Um, but you know he he commits to Bama as a graduate transfer from East Carolina, kind of with the intent of being a like a to learn how to be a coach under Nick Saban. He wanted that's kind of what he wanted to go into. Um, and so Bama gets a commitment from him and obviously it's just a commitment. It's not like anything binding. Um, and then he, we, we see him flip to Washington state. The rest is history. He's now the starting quarterback for the Jaguars. So looks like he made a good choice there, but like you said, Bama ends up um, adding Lane Hatcher, who, who is now leading Arkansas state and doing it's doing so pretty successfully um, for 20, 2018. And then, you know, we could talk about 2019 and 2020 for probably a whole nother podcast. Yeah, and I think it's interesting about Bryce Young, who they flipped from USC. Like the trends here is is flipping, and it's it's really never over until it actually is signed on the dotted line. Bryce Young is like I don't want to get you in trouble here. He, he probably thought he'd be playing a lot more this fall. I, I think he's fine with it. Like I, I think they understand the situation. The good news for him, though, Hank, is Mac Jones is playing so well that. I think he's going to start getting mocked here in the first round of the 2021 NFL draft. Like that's like Mac Jones isn't just a guy. And I think a lot of us fell victim to thinking he would be, but he looks really, really good. And he looks like he might be one and done as a starter. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't, I mean, Bryce Young, obviously uh, everyone wants to play, but they didn't blindly come into this. We obviously got that sample size from Mac where, you know, he, he, uh, he played, he had, you know, you can say what you want about his performance against Auburn, but you know, he had Bama in that game um, in the end, um, uh, you know, with a chance to win, um, you know, he played well in, in the times he had to, he, he came in, went to a hurt his ankle against Tennessee, got the win for Bama there. Um, obviously looked really good against Michigan in the bowl game. So, you know, he had a lot of success and, and you know, I, it, without spring practice, you know, with kind of a weird fall camp, you know, that was always going to kind of be, uh, you know, hold, hold these newcomers back a little bit because they just didn't get that experience. And, you know, um, it, it's, you know, you look at this year, it's kind of a free year for everybody. So it's kind of just a, you know, it's not one of these years you're actually wasting because obviously the NCAA has already ruled that, um, you know, everyone gets an extra year after this, but you're right. You know, Mac Jones, I mean, if he keeps up at this pace, especially, you know, he's not going to see a, probably a tougher defense until the college football playoff. If, if even that, than he did with Georgia um, over the weekend and, you know, he just, he just tore them up. So yeah, you know, you got to think if he stays on this pace, he's going to start, you know, climbing the draft boards pretty quick. Has Alabama changed its prototype of the quarterback it looks for? And since the, I mean, I look at all these different guys, like a Jake Fromm, a Jalen Hurts, a Tua, a Mac Jones, Bryce Young, Jalen Milrow in 2021. We, we, I think 2019 was that class where they did take two quarterbacks, Talia Tungavailo and Paul Tyson. Um, Talia already transferred to Maryland. Or is it, is Nick Saban just like, go get the best guy I can with the understanding that, it's probably difficult after the years in which you take a five-star to land the best guy you want, right? 2020, Bama lands a five-star in Bryce Young. Like, good luck getting the top guy on your board in 2021. Uh, Same thing with the year after two in 2018, which you already documented. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, they they go out for the best guys and, and, you know, they kind of cater what they do towards their players' strengths. I think that's kind of the big thing with Alabama. And Steve Sarkeesian's one of the best at it, you know, getting guys comfortable. Um, you know, obviously, you know, their, their philosophy is always, you know, that you want to be a run-first team, and then that opens up opportunities in the passing game. And so, you know, um, I, I don't think they have this kind of set mold of a quarterback they look at. Um, I think they kind of just – they get the guys they think can do um, what they want them to do, and, you know, they have the, the players in place to, to help them do that. And But, you know, it has seemed, you know, minus Mac Jones, it has seemed kind of a more dual-threat – guy they've gone after um, in recent years, you know, Bryce Young, obviously, I think you could speak more to his arm talent than his running ability, but he does both really well. Um, then obviously Jalen Milrow in 2021, but then you look at the the quarterback commit they had in 2021 prior to Jalen Milrow and Drake May, who's more of the kind of that stand up, uh, that pocket passer. So yeah, you know, I, I think they go obviously, obviously after the best guys and, and obviously the guys that, you know, it's not just, you know, from what they can do on the field, but obviously, you know, uh, you know what? You know how they, how they know the game, how they studied the game. You know how how they can be coached and all that kind of stuff um, when they're looking at that position. It feels like their quarterbacks just keep getting better and better. All right, Hank South, follow him on Twitter at Hank South two four seven. Does a great job covering Alabama football, always covering the quarterback flips and helping us document them and, and how those flips have have changed college football and even changed the NFL with, you mentioned Gardner Minshew. Um, that's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing. Love a five-star rating from you on Apple Podcasts. Leave a a review. Got a review this week asking us to uh, preview Wisconsin versus Illinois, which kicks off Friday in the Big Ten. And so on tomorrow's podcast, on Friday's podcast, you can look forward to a snippet of our Illinois podcast's preview for that game. It's the Big Ten's first game in 2020. And we'll also be talking to Steve Lorenz of Michigan 24-7 about Jim Harbaugh and and the stakes 
facing him this season. And I hope I'm not overpromising here. I haven't recorded the interview with Steve Lorenz. So if we don't end up talking to Steve Lorenz, um, just forget I said this, but uh, we'll talk to y'all Friday. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.